Welcome to another episode of Bench Talk. I'm your host, Tom Gerrard. This week, I'm recording from Darwin again. I'm sitting down with uh, three local Indigenous artists, um, Half Leg and his uncles, Tony and Jason. How you going, guys? Yeah, yeah good. Thanks. Good, good. Thanks for taking the time to uh, sit down and have a chat. No worries. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I was really interested to talk to you three because, um, you know, over the last week since I've been here, I've been catching up and hanging out with you a bit. And, um, and every time I speak to you, um, you speak about like local like uh, stories and cultures to do with your artwork and also mm-hmm. just to do uh, with being indigenous and living in this part of Australia. And it's also foreign to me. And I just, um, just wanted to find out more. It's just been really interesting. And every time I find myself walking away going, oh, I want to hear more. I want to, and even, um, you know, I've been speaking to Fibs, who's doing a war with Half Leg at the moment. He's, <coughs> he's been saying the same thing, you know. So, um, you know, you three are all artists. Um, can you tell me a bit about um, your art and also how it relates back to the culture? Mm. Well, as from my my perspective, it's um, always um, spiritual based mm-hmm. in a sense because um, uh, I believe we're spiritual people um, having a human experience, a physical experience. So I'm always guided by um, our cultural protocols. That's that's where I come from, sir. Yeah. But we also have nine bloods. Nine bloods? Yeah, three European, three Asian and three Aboriginal, so. Yeah. And that's that multicultural aspect in our art. Yeah. You see in our art as well. Um, particularly our contemporary art. Well, probably more all so. Of us. Yeah, no, all of us. Yeah, yeah right. we um, have probably, we have our traditional element, but we also have a, a contemporary traditional element that we we tend to do a lot as well. Um, and that particular, the contemporary one, is probably where it, you see more influences from all of those, you know, uh, heritage that we're from. So, yeah, uh, particularly my art, uh, I, I use it a lot. Me too. So, mm. yeah. yeah, I use um, my dreaming animals, spiritual animals, and but totems, totems, and have a contemporary uh, feel to it as well. So when you say um like dream animals, what do you mean by that, Jason? Uh well, you're given a totem by the elders, and um, that's like my spiritual guide. So I tend to paint what my totem is, but not only my totem, other animals that are around in the local area, as well as plants, trying to live off the land, the plants and animals. Yep. Yeah. That's good. You um, like where'd you learn to like live off the land? To mum's side of the family and uncles and brothers as well. Mm. Just going out fishing, and then uh, you'd come across a plant that's oh this is a good one to eat. You can eat these berries. You know the black ones are ripe, the green ones aren't. Um, also, too, it was learning was used as games as well. As a yeah. as young fellas, like I remember, you know, me and my cousins used to make spears and spear throws and that, and we'd turn it into a whole competition, you know. Mm. Um, and yeah, th- through that, we develop our skills, you know. Um, but obviously, staying true to the culture as well. Yeah. Like using traditional methods, we use a lot of modern materials today, um, but the technique and method that they used and made are still very traditional. Yeah, because I've been with um, 
last year when I was here, I went to Kakadu and I went to the, the museum or the culture center. Yeah, yeah. And, oh, yeah, yeah. and I went and looked at all, um, all the spears and just all the, the equipment that, um, you know, indigenous people have made to, you know, catch animals and everything like fishing and all sorts of stuff. Survival. It's survival life. Mm. <laughs> and, uh, it was all, um, I thought it was really cool. It was like all like artwork. It was almost sculptural. You know, yeah, well, just, you know, just the way that it, it's put everything by together. having those sorts of you know places, particularly art stores, uh, indigenous art stores, you know, that is a, a way of keeping that culture alive by mm. putting it out there. Um, a lot of the stuff you get today usually has some sort of written dialogue with it to explain its history, its origin, uh, and whatnot. And I think that's important that that continues to happen because it is sharing that culture throughout the world, which keeps it strong. Yeah. And how else do you keep the culture alive? Um, through the, just teaching the kids. Yeah, teaching yeah. younger generations. Showing um, Doing things like this, sitting with you, having this yarn, um, making more people aware, you know, that... Because I think it's really important that everyone must know that not all Aboriginal culture is the same. Um, there's three particular main groups you get, which is your salt water, which is what we are, our family, um, your stone country mob, which is more your savannah woodlands and escarpment areas, and then your desert mob. Um, so they're three different uh, complete cultures in a sense. And within those you'll have clans, different dialects. Yeah, different dialects, different uh, ways of doing tradition. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of it is primary similar in the sense that when they have a ceremony, we have ceremonies too. And ceremony is basically a word that's used commonly now to explain events like weddings, births, deaths, things like that. Um, so, you know, in Western law, we have individual labels for those events, but we tend to sort of put them all under one on one heading and we call it ceremony yeah and does the ceremony style change depending on what the occasion is definitely yes. some ceremonies can last in a couple of years wow mm. and yeah. there's different ceremonies for women and different ceremonies for men yeah yeah it's important people know too that in most aboriginal cultures i'm not i can't speak for southern um aboriginal mob because I, I don't know their culture but uh i know the ones up north here it's in, we have women's business and men's business, and, and it's kept pretty secret from one another. Um, you know, there are little things that get through here and there, a bit of knowledge in that. Um, but still, we stay true to culture, and if it's brought up, we'll, we'll, you know, exclude ourselves or, you know, take ourselves out of that, whatever's happening. If it's not appropriate for us to mm. be in that situation, then we remove ourselves. Yeah. Okay. And you said it's the same with, like, um, even having certain people in the same room, you you can't can't be around certain people. This can be get that can get quite complex. That yeah. um, it doesn't happen really often, but no, not so much in town. As soon as you go out bush, yeah. As soon as you get into communities or yeah, out in the sticks, um, the culture is probably more uh, yeah more stricter. In the city itself, it, it sort of has a little bit of freedom. Yeah. Well, that uh, they had the two footy players. The coach said, go and play on him, and he said, I can't. Yeah. That's my poison cousin. So he couldn't uh, play as an opponent yeah. on the footy field. 
Wow. Yeah, so, you know, th- these, we're, we're talking real deep culture now. Um, like, this sort of stuff is uh, not shared very often. Mm. You know, um, but still, uh, I don't know everything myself. I, I'm still learning, growing up, you know, about mm. my own mob and uh, the other mob that we're affiliated with. Because we're not just Larrakia people. We're also Waterman and Karajari. Yeah. So, you know, there's three different clans there. And with the um, art styles that you do, is it is there, like, styles within clans as well? Yeah. Like, you, so you can sort of... You see someone's art and you go, oh, they're from that yeah. clan. Definitely. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Definitely within the individual clans, but there's also uh, another thing that you can identify too, and that that's mm. the distinct style, style between mm. central and coastal, or mm. you could say the stone people and saltwater people have a very strong connection mm-hmm. uh, just being so close so a lot of trade and that sort of stuff between them people but as it got further into the center you know there's still all of those things happening but uh, the connection's not as strong and y- you see it reflected in their art like our, our art consists of a lot of straight lines um, and it's probably in well it is influenced by our country because when you look out here into the country all you see is so many trees and so many straight lines so you see that influenced in our art and when you look at desert mobs art it's full of dots so when you look out in their country all you see is little shrubs like dots basically circles you don't see any of the trees and stuff like that so that's a good way to look at when you're looking at aboriginal art and you see just a complete dot painting it doesn't mean it's specifically from the center but uh that's more than likely where it came from somebody from the, the the desert country okay and then with all the line ones yeah it's from the other guys <laughs> so like example two is like Arnhem Land um, where we are we're west west Arnhem so eastern Arnhem to central Arnhem to uh, western Arnhem they're so different in their styles everyone would look at it and think the same but there's this background not different like, stories yeah. mm. how many lines they use uh, yeah. in their cross hatching yeah. yeah as well like some clans might use four black lines other clans might use two, two. Mm. Uh, so. but it's pretty much the same design uh, the way it's applied, but it's the individual colours of the strokes and you know how many there are. That That's when you can narrow it down to who it's come from. Yeah. Mm. Which clan has actually yeah. painted it? Yeah. yeah, because there's so many traditions caught up um, with the style of the artwork as well. Do you get other people who are less educated about um, indigenous art and sort of do art that isn't from their clan? If you know what I mean. Like people who come along who aren't who aren't um, so rooted in the culture, like backpackers, or just not even backpackers. Or someone, someone that's just, that was yeah, non-indigenous like, people doing indigenous sure. style art and just I've, things like that. I found uh, a didgeridoo shop in Nepal. Yeah, and the best copiers are the mob from Bali. Yeah, you've been to Bali. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Go up into the markets and stuff. But us as Aboriginal people, we Respect. we know instantly that they're mm. not real digs. A traditional dig is not the type mm. of dig you buy today in any shop, yeah. regardless if it's made by Aboriginal people mm. or not. Mm. A traditional dig is actually very tiny, mm-hmm. very small, mm. um, because back in those days, you know, we didn't have motor cars to get around and carry your dig around. You had to walk and carry it. So everything was made to, a, you know... 
a sort of comfortable weight or size mm -hmm. to make it, you know, able for them to travel through country, you know, is as you've experienced just in the last couple of days, the heat up here is quite intense. You yeah, know? sure is. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, like your, your weapons and stuff would have multiple uses, you know, uses, I mean, yeah. digging stick. You know, killing stick, whatever. Fire, like you, fire killing line. stick, digging stick, fire stick, spear thrower can all be one tool. Mm. Yeah. All in one tool. I, I've I've used them many times for multiple things, but these days I tend to have one thing for every. You know, uh, one set of tool for just spear throwing, one tools for just fire lighting, one tools for whatever. You know? Yeah. And on then on that, his tool would have a story of whatever. It could be water, it could be, you know, um, yeah, just instructions, you name it. Well, particularly my artwork, I write a lot of, I paint a lot of old childhood stories and I paint a lot of experiences that I've done, um, particularly because we salt water, a lot of it has to do with the sea. Mm -hmm. So a lot of my art reflects that salt water, you know, feel or that, that uh, how should I say it? Uh, environment really yeah like yeah, it's tricky because we, we we use dots as well we're not just all about lines like we use dots as well but um, it's distinctive on how we use it you mm. know yeah and you're um, like you're in the process of painting a mural with fibs yeah here, um, for the Darwin Street Art Festival have you have you um, like picked up the can like not that long ago is that right you just started I've been painting for less than a year, yeah. basically. Yeah, it was a leg injury that sort of steered or changed my path. Um, I was already an artist before picking up a can, just never actually used a can before, you know? Yeah. Other than writing, you know, signs <laughs> open for, or whatever. Um, but yeah, because of a good mate of mine, you know, he, he took us up. So, um, who's a street artist as well, David Collins. Um, yeah, and sort of hit them up for some scrap cans, and that's where it all started. So, yeah, it'd be about 10, going on 11 months now, I've been painting. Yeah. Um, yeah, and absolutely love it. Yeah, yeah it's a, it's an enjoyable medium. It is. It yeah, is very uh, yeah. social, too. You yeah. Know? Um, I think, too, there's a, a lot more, less limits to what you can do, particularly with cans. Uh, what I mean by this is like I I'm, I tattoo as well, and there's only so much you can do tattooing, um, but also paint a lot of canvases and that with acrylics and stuff like that. Um, but I tend to stick solely to my traditional contemporary style when I paint those canvases. Uh, with the spray can, I I feel like I can paint anything, in, in a sense. So. That's pretty much what I've been doing. I do a couple of traditional pieces here and there, throw traditional elements in my graffiti work, you know, um, particularly in my writing, my fonts. Like I like to put a lot of traditional design in the fill. So, yeah, I, I enjoy it. Mm -hmm. So when when you say traditional design, you mean like um like like lines and dots, not the, the patterns that yeah. we use within our yeah. our culture, like. Yeah. Um, like we all have our own unique style of how we do a particular pattern, mm -hmm. um, but that pattern was influenced from a traditional style through our own mob. Yeah. So yeah, I, I like to put a little graffiti flair to a lot of my traditional work now. Mm. Um, and that's just from being in this medium, 
you know, the, the people I paint with and they're all awesome artists, you know. Mm. Um, guys like yourself and all of these national artists that have come up, you know, uh, being Aboriginal, we probably learn more through visual than through theory. Um, so yeah, just standing and watching, learn heaps, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah, uh, enjoying this festival, that's for sure. Yeah, same, yeah. yeah. <laughs> And um and with you Tony like you've got a sculpture just down the road in the public space but you also like I've seen some of your paintings as well and um like how do you get into you know doing different mediums? Oh, that's just a natural thing for us all. Yeah. I mean, Jace does um, these incredible watch sculptures. Yeah, I've seen them. Um, yeah. So I mean, you know, uh, you know, something that he really enjoys doing. So. Me, I've just explored every possible medium. Um, I'm just sitting watching at present for spray can. And um, Jace has done, he's just, I don't know, how you've been doing it a month, eh? Not yeah, even that. that. I started out just drawing, drawing, um, copying Conan comics, mm -hmm. copying them. Then I got into the painting. And Tony showed me traditional style. Then I got into that. And I just wasn't really, was kind of wandering through the art and finding out which medium I, would, you know, wanted to do. And then Sean <laughs> showed me half leg <laughs> stuff and there's like a light went on. Mm -hmm. And now this is, I know I want to do this spray work. So yeah, I'm really looking for, uh, my thing would be traditional patterns. Colourful. Bright, bright colours. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It is a um it is a journey, like searching for your, your calling within art, isn't it? it? Is. And your it style is. that of who you really are. And you know, I've spoken to so many people about it, like, you know, even myself, I was I knew I wanted to create art. I'd have a blank canvas in front of me and I'd have all the paints, but I just I didn't have a have a style yet and I just have to keep playing around with so many different mediums, different styles. Yeah. Mm. Yep. And then finding the ones that I wanted to keep working on and developing and then over time yeah that's that's where you get, you get to but you yep. look at all the developmental work and gee you can try out so many different um styles ideas mediums yeah it's, uh, that's, it's, a, it's a good journey too, it is though. it's a great journey yeah. yeah and once you're there and you know where you are at then you just you can take off i reckon yeah just exactly. really go like half leg has he's just <laughs> taken off now so yeah that's no, good to but, see yeah and this festival is giving me a lot of inspiration. Watching you guys paint, mm -hmm. yeah, it's giving me a lot of inspiration. Oh, great. Yeah. And with, um, I'm really uh, interested in the the bonnet of the car oh, that yeah. you painted. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Yeah. It's, um, do, do you do many paintings in that style? Yeah, no, I do. Actually, on the, on the side, I've done, um, you know, like prominent uh, Aboriginal uh, figures around the world. Nelson Mandela, I did, um, brother boy just passed away, Dr. G. Um, um, so yeah, I just do them. I don't, I don't even show these, but yeah. I just, that's something I do. I, I want to bring those faces and stuff out. Um, they're sort of my heroes, you know what I mean, in that sense. So, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, yeah, no, <clears throat> once I get in the mood, yeah, they, I paint that sort of thing. I've did, just done recently, um, uh, Martin Luther King, but put all these different parts of um, 
he what happened to him in his his life sort of thing so mum to the men so yeah that's that's just yeah just one side of what we all can do actually yeah we all can oh, play in really, different areas yeah. yeah so you don't just stick to the traditional no, uh, yeah, no you yeah. really mix it up we do carvings jewelry yeah. making oh man you know, the list goes on mm. with the, the amount of talent that's uh not just in our family, but the extended families that are, are really close, you know, like we all tend to have something that's unique about ourselves. Yeah. And but we all share a lot of the same knowledge yeah, we as well. All, we all feed off mm. each yeah. other, mm. give each other ideas, you know, inspiration. And, mm. Yeah. Definitely. Challenge. Like, uh, Challenge and have a competition. Like us three here, now I'm the only one been standing back. Sean running ahead, I'm waiting, watching him. <laughs> he jump in the middle there and I'm waiting behind there, and I reckon, all right, no worries. I'll do my business, then I'll jump out. <laughs> yeah, I'll be, I'll be, painting here next year in this art festival. Yeah. Guaranteed, us. You won't. Nice. Yeah, can't I'll be, wait to see yeah, it. Right, yeah. I'll be. I'll put my thing in. Yeah. I'll see what happens. With your uh, color palettes as well, like mm. I, when I, you know, I, I can only really reference the bottom of the car. You've shown me a couple of photos on your oh, your yeah. phone, but um, like when I saw that, I was, I, I was really um interested in like the earthy colors, mm, the yeah. tones you use. And that's like, a, is that something that's traditional with you guys, or is yeah, that just what yeah. you're naturally drawn to? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. That's I suppose that's been our foundation colours, mm -hmm. and and now we can we can use the rainbow, mm -hmm. which I is literally what we do. So I started out doing very traditional cross hatching, using yeah, five colours: white, black, burnt sienna, umber, and then yellow, and the yellow. And that was the only five colours I used, very traditional style, but now it's more contemporary. I'm using bright greens, reds, blues. Yeah, I tend to still stick with the traditional colours in, only in my cultural art. Mm -hmm. um, some of it I use in um, my graffiti art as well, but it's hard to find those right colours, yeah. you know, Yeah. Uh, in spray can. Yeah, those earthy colours. Yeah. Mm. Do you guys uh, mix your own like pigment for like using... Uh, you know, parts I, of the earth or I anything do. like that? I do. Oh, yeah, yeah. like get powders. Yeah, we'll just well, go I'm out, you know, when you're out, yeah, yeah, out yeah, back, yeah. you yeah. find oh, the... Oh, definitely. Uh, Click yeah. rocks. Yeah. There's, there's yep. so many colours. Yeah. yeah. You can create the rainbow with those, just those... Through fruits, yeah. you know, berries, um, roots of plants, actually, yeah, have barks. a strong... Yeah, mm -hmm. barks, um, flowers, Leaves, you know, all sorts of stuff. Yeah. You can extract a good colour out of a lot of different local flora and faunas um, but it, it's also you got to know what you're doing as well it's not just a matter of you know crushing it up or boiling it or you know there, there is a technique to getting it to be that prominent color you know? yeah so don't don't experiment oh no, no. I'll, I'll stick to the art shop <laughs> yeah. but you know like all your brushes and and all those things you can make it you know from animal mm. to plant you can yeah i still yeah. use a, a reed as my yeah. main brush Hair, hair, yeah. yeah. Just have a nice thin line mm. to get that cross hatching. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I particularly like the reed. Like, you can make it any length you want. Yeah. And as thick or thin as you want as well. So. So one thing I was really interested in um, finding out more about is when uh, you were talking about you learned from the elders, and then. From uh, and an elder doesn't necessarily mean that it's an old person. It's just someone with with knowledge. Is that right? It's the ones with the knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. They're the, they're the key to the culture. Like, 
they're usually the ones that hold the knowledge of every realm and when i say that like it'll be law it'll be you know hunting it'll be uh, the spiritual side it'll be healing like they they will have a strong knowledge in all of those realms you know and they're usually the ones that we we tend to label as elders um yeah they hold all the knowledge yeah. doesn't mean they're the oldest or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Out of respect uh, to... But, you know, naturally, you know, that wise sort of thing comes with age as well. So a lot of them tend to be elderly, yeah. you know, but it doesn't necessarily mean that just because they're old that they're, you know, classes and elder. But we have our respect element too, you know. I, I call uh, anyone that's older than me from any other tribe out here i call them uncle and auntie or cuss or you know sis or whatever just simply out of respect mm-hmm. you know um, in our culture like all my so all my uncles are actually all my dads yeah, in, in and traditional all my aunties are all my mums and this is cultural way mm-hmm. so um you know those uh, i'm sure it's the same in some other cultures as well similar sort of thing but yeah if something was to happen to your actual parents, then these guys are the ones that take on that role. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also another little complex part too, is like uh, me being the grandson and then saying you have a grandfather. Um, at some stage in the life, those roles can actually swap. Mm-hmm. And even though I'm younger, I'll be called the grandfather from the from the person I was calling grandfather before. Um, that's because I he's now too old to defend for himself or look at so I take on that responsibility of being and I'm actually called that out of respect, you know. Okay. Yeah. Mm. So I've I got I've got um, you know uh, <laughs> like I am uncle and auntie to oh sorry, uncle and auntie. <laughs> uncle and all that to um it's not about that. You know, uh, <laughs> Uh, people that are older than me, you know. Yeah. Um, and and it's simply just out of I think this respect thing and just that level of knowledge that that's there, you know. And, yeah. And you listen and you watch and you say, oh, he's right. He's at that age and he got that knowledge, wisdom. It's like so initiation. He gets, he gets you can't ask to be initiated. You you got to be chosen, and that and that's simply done out of like what Uncle Tony's saying there, you know. Um, they watch you, you know, and if they can see that, you know, you're going in that path, they're more inclined to approach you and, you know, and it's not like a, someone else from another tribe comes over, oh, we want to initiate No, it's nothing like that. I'm talking about within our own, our own tribe, you know? Yeah. So it's like um, my grandson, he's what, um, 15 months old. So he's my granny. Um, he's granny, you know what I mean, in that sense, but he's mm-hmm. boss. I was watching him last night. We I chucked on the uh, Channel Four, and they were doing uh, robbery now, or you know, bungle. And um, he there stumping his leg, and he stopped. And his mother was freaking out. Um, she was going, "He really likes that stuff." I said, "Yeah, because he knows." Mm. So he's instantly there. You know what I mean? And yet he's had no other experience. You know, you know living in a city sort of thing. Whereas mm. you know, in community, you'd be living that every day. Yeah. So that's that's how it comes. We were, mm. we were so half breed. We were as young kids, brought up with culture and yeah. instilled in us, you know, to 
always keep your culture strong. You know, you're Aboriginal, you be proud, and you keep your culture strong. Yeah. Yeah, but and but that's the thing with our particular family. We're very you know strong about the Aboriginal side, but we're very strong about all of the other cultures that we are as well. Mm-hmm. You know, we have a strong Filipino influence in our family, um, and like we learn about so many different things from that Chinese. side as well you know Chinese, Japanese, Japanese yeah. Scottish like even yeah. see how I got a Chinese tattoo yeah. but then I've got an indigenous one as well you know like I I like well this particular tattoo represents all my cultures you yeah know? so that's why I designed it that way it was I just wanted to take a bit from everything that I'm connected to and sort of display it on my arm so do you find with um, like you know, with the internet and all that, and the and Western society sort of moving in, it's um like harder to get the younger generation motivated about um, traditional culture. Uh, uh, it depends on how you you uh, show them or what you do, because it's like I've got my daughter's two youngest boys. They actually had a punch up the other day over the. I gave them a, um, a book with uh, language. And uh, they had a rip over the book because they wanted to learn. Okay. So and that was the book, not a video, not a you know DVD. They're right into games and everything. So that was the most funniest thing to hear. It's particularly with my my son too. Like both my kids actually, my son and daughter, they're very yeah tech savvy, and you know I got to ask them for help for some things. You know they're only nine and ten. But when it comes to culture, like they're right into it as well. Like my my son is a, an awesome spear thrower. Like yeah, he's got a dead eye, and he's only nine years old. You know, I, I don't think I was thrown that good at nine years old. You know, I was still learning. Um, I just think too having the luxury of having modern materials and, and things in our life that make it a lot easier in a sense of having a car and being able to just drive out bush and use a chainsaw to cut down wood, you know, rather than doing it the old traditional way where you're hacking at it with a stone axe for hours and hours and hours, you know. Um, so having these modern aids definitely uh, assist with us sharing that culture as well. Uh, I think with the younger generation, if you put a lot of hard yakker into it, they're more than inclined to, you know, pitter out and don't want to do it anymore you know Um, but using these aids like chainsaws and axes and saws and stuff like that I can you know quicken up the process which makes it more interesting you know Um, well you know it is like with painting you know if you're you're on it on it on it on it for days and you're not seeing much progress you tend to like I don't want to do this now (laughs) on a break or or something (laughs) like that so it's along those sort of same lines yeah, I, so, reckon, I reckon we're lucky too because we've got such a big family and like if one of us was to do a cultural day, we'd all join in, yeah. bring the kids, you know, come on, let's go. Young and we still do there, that. Cousins will be there. We probably have two or three a year where it's just a st- strictly family get together. We take all the spears and, you know, they make jewellery. We had string and shells and and everything we harvest from the spot where where we're having a barbecue or whatever all the get together you know 
Um, and that's usually when all the challenges come out and it's like, all right, you got three shots yeah. and that's it. You know? yeah, two minutes to start the fire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Things but, like that. And so. also, growing, I think growing up with all different uncles, they have different uh, bits of knowledge about culture. Yeah. Like Uncle Rocky knows well about fishing and all yeah, that the stuff. Yeah, the hunting all that side stuff. of things. You know, we, we, and the aunties there, they can teach us a bit of... Uh, Cooking. Well, cooking, but yeah. also to teach us where that line is between women's culture and men's culture. Yeah, yeah. So we don't cross that line. Mm-hmm. So that's good for the kids to to know or to have. It particularly, like a lot of the grandchildren, there's a, a strong presence of women in our family. Mm. Um, yeah, they're very strong. Yeah, the younger generations. Um, so yeah, there's not many of us boys as as a, the grandsons, I should say. Um, but I think that's probably what makes us so knowledgeable and and why we want to learn it so much. There's only a couple of us. So when you look at what I do, everything that I do from my art to sculptures or whatever, you'll see that there's a bit of influence from each and one of my uncles and aunties. It's something I've learned from them that I've incorporated into my own art. Or and even now, like Sean's, you know got his own style and I'm learning off Sean mm-hmm. you know same as he's I've given to him now he's giving back to me and that's mm. just how it works in our culture mm. do you collaborate as well yeah yeah lots of things um, me and uncle Tony collaborate a lot and all sorts of things um, from murals to Darwin's paintings for charities yeah and um, but still like the collaboration can be just uh, an idea too you know we've mm-hmm. just talked to each other and then brought up some ideas and then that one person's taken them ideas and created it you know um, yeah so yeah there's a lot of different levels of collaboration between us so but we've set up like events like we're the only royal show in australia that have two aboriginal events and and this particular year um the little nephews. Yeah, the younger generation they had a go finally and, had a go. And they were it. like, we can do this. They didn't hit the target. But Spear that's throwing it. and firelighting <laughs> they have yeah. every year. You're um, you're a champion firelighter, I've heard. Oh, this year he, he got both. both events this he, year. Yeah. <laughs> he got, yeah, managed to. How, how quickly can you light a fire? you got to do it in number. My actual record, which isn't official, is 19 seconds. That's um, with two sticks. Yeah, yeah. this cool. year I recorded thirty six seconds at the show. Yeah, but we've time when we were running the tour. He, um, Sean got actual um, coal and fire, so eleven seconds was the coal, and then yeah, nineteen seconds was a flame. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, I've been doing it a long, long time yeah. since I was young. You know, um, I, I just I think it's a, a an important piece of knowledge. Mm-hmm to maintain, you know, mm-hmm. especially up here where the country we live in, we, we had such a harsh climate with not just the heat and that, but then we got cyclones and uh, yeah, yeah, it's challenging the weather up here. <laughs> it was funny because you told me about your fire lighting the other day and then you had a cigarette hanging out of your mouth going, anyone seen the lighter? <laughs> <laughs> you gotta go and get, go get his sticks. He said, yeah, two sticks here, bruh. Yeah. <laughs> No, and I've, I've had to use them to light a cigarette <laughs> in the past, so... But, you know, things like the Darwin Show, keeping that kind of 
tradition alive. If you yeah, know the amount I mean, of questions that come after and the, from you know non-indigenous people, you know, they're like really, really, really interested. Fire lighting, there'll be a big crowd around mm. Sean. Mm. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and they time them. And, yeah, yeah. Oh. Well, that's why I wanted to chat to you guys because it's um every time I spoke to you, it's like the things you spoke about were so everyday to you, but to me it was just really foreign. It was like, you know, I feel like I'm in a different country. But in actual fact, I think the cities like Melbourne and Sydney and, you know, big cities in Australia yeah, yeah. Uh, are quite isolated from the true Australia. Mm. Yeah. Well, it's like they're that, like the other country. They may, may as well be in like Europe or America yeah. or they're, something, you know. Like foreign. You know, big cities yeah. like that, they're kind of like foreign class, you know what I yeah. mean? It's like, yeah, well, I've tried to move to big cities yeah, in the past, just, you know, and I just couldn't. I just missed my hunting and country and, you know. It's just the feel for the land. Mm. We get a certain feel for this land. Once we cut that plane lands in Darwin, we're home. Yeah. It's just like, <laughs> oh, I'm home now. Mm. And Except yeah. for when it's really hot. And it's like... We have air conditioning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's, it's great. Good country up here. Good yeah. people too, yeah. and so you would have noticed it's a lot more laid back here than it is yeah. anywhere else in Australia. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just I think it's the the multiculturalism that's up here. You know, just such a diverse you know array of people that you get here, particularly through tourists and all of those other you know things that are out there. So yeah, yeah I think Darwin's a great place to live. You know, besides the weather. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, and it's only three months. You can hardly, yeah, that's right. You can hardly swim in the ocean. Yeah, it's pretty Crocodile tempting. sharks, yeah. uh, jellyfish. Yeah. <laughs> you just look out of this turquoise blue water and it's like, oh, you can't go in well, there. Well, that's no. waterfalls. <laughs> we go to the waterfalls, see? And, yeah. You know, uh, we got some beautiful waterfalls up in here. But um, unfortunately, like Uncle Tony said, we only get them for, you know, they, they're usable for three to four, maybe five months, depending on what the weather's doing, you know. Mm. Every year, so we've had some rain, so some are starting to flow again, but they're not big and luscious like, yet. There's a waterhole outside of Darwin for Berry Springs. Mm -hmm. It's a women's dreaming. Mm. So, if I'm a bloke and I go there, <coughs> I have to wipe my sweat and put it in the water and let them know that I'm going for a swim. I'm not going to touch anything. Mm -hmm. Just going for a swim, then I'm going to leave. And that's just introducing yourself, man. That, that's a traditional way of introducing yourself to country. Something we do a lot, as soon as we go another tribe's country or something like that, we'll introduce ourselves our way, and get the way permission. that we do it. Mm. And yeah, and then it just, oh, I don't know, it just puts a bit of, uh, a little bit of disrespect. Yeah, yeah, respect for their, their, country, their country and their culture. Because it's a lot, it's a lot, it's not, yeah. yeah. It's not just country, it's, it's a lot. Mm. So. You seem very in, uh, in touch with the spiritual side mm. of, of like the land. Too much, to, just because yeah. you can't see it. Yeah. Doesn't mean it's the other side of, of what you see. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, well, how'd you get into that, that side of uh, You're thing? born into it. Yeah. yeah. You know, what, what, Definitely. What within kids, Aboriginal families. Even our kids, mm. uh, you hear, feel, uh, smell, taste and uh, touched by spirit. Mm -hmm. I can already tell my son will be a graffiti artist when he grows older. Mm. After what he's witnessed in the last six months, yeah, his like level of drawing has stepped up. 
Um, all he wants to do is do that, but unfortunately he doesn't live with me, so he's mm. limited to when he gets to do it. But he is still only nine, so it's not something I don't really want to get him into right now, but yeah. I want him to keep doing his art, you know? Yeah. Mm. It's just, I think it's because this is Larrakia land, and we're Larrakia. We feel very, very strong connection to the land and the animals and plants, and it's like a magnet. You go away, Oh, two years, back. like, no, nah, I'm homesick, come back. Mm-hmm. And then it's just, I don't know, it's just a strong connection. Yeah. And with, um, you know, with the, the tribes and traditions and within each, each tribe, um, was that really screwed up when the stolen generation happened? Oh, no, no actually when um, Captain Cook put his big pink toe on country, yeah. they broke our law. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So no, the stolen generation did definitely had an impact. Big, yeah. You know, um, probably. Look, if it wouldn't happen, I don't think I'd be who I am today. You know what I mean? Um, so I, I have a very mutual look at that, but it'll be different for my uncles because they experienced that thing more so than I did. You know, mm. I wasn't a citizen until um, I was nine. Yeah. Yeah. So. I was born just before just before and then they became citizens after 67 it was oh uh, yeah so we were under the flora and fauna act yeah yeah the we're, aboriginal we're, people were a piece of country we went really we're, 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 yeah, we're under the humans. flora and fauna act well so you, you were considered plants yeah or animals until 1967 referendum to say that no aboriginal people are human <laughs> and and I so and be included in the census and vote and all that sort of thing. Mm. Yeah, crazy. so you know, it's not you know, it's not like there are a lot of struggles with mm. with um, being up here in the north as well. You know, because the culture is so prominent up here. Um, some laws can conflict with western laws, and you know, yeah. Well, so there's all of these hidden things that happen that you know sort of make everyone confused as to what culture really is you know um you know i've had a lot of people ask me oh we see a lot of you know drunk aboriginal people in the city and the first thing i respond with is like you're actually looking at like you know a couple grains of sand you know, on the beach like what culture is up here is enormous um unfortunately just in your main cities and towns you know uh, their influences are different. You know, if they stay out community, their influences are different again, so. But, there, but there's a lot of, it's been proven, there's a lot of mental health, there's a lot of, you know, education, there's a lot of uh, trauma. Trauma, within, yeah. Within these guys, you know. When you're traumatized, you go through something, mm-hmm. you normally self-medicate, so, un- unfortunately that, we like the sitting under the tree rather than in a room where no one can see you. So that's the difference, you see? Yeah, it's like, it's like me telling you, you can't paint no more. Mm. And, you know, imagine if, if we physically took that away from you, how would you be, you know? Every time like, you this is the can. stuff that's happening to a lot of Aboriginal people, um, not just up north, but uh, they probably cop it worse down south than they do For up sure. here, For you sure. know? Mm. Um, Labelled instantly you know uh because i have a asian aboriginal background a lot of people think i'm new zealand 
from New Zealand. Yeah. Never even been to the country. Yeah. I've yeah. been, <laughs> been mistaken for Mexican. <laughs> so, but, yeah, um, up here, like, uh, the Aboriginal culture is very strong because, say, an Aboriginal, there's a fight in an Aboriginal community and one person kills another, so they go and have the white man law. Yeah, and when they go back to community, community. they're going to face traditional law. Well, which is a lot more harsher. Which is <laughs> yeah. a spearing through the leg or something. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So you've gone through the white man law, no worries. As soon as you come back to the community, you've got to go through that so our law. Sometimes now. people will uh, not just not go back, knowing so that's that punishment's that's waiting way, for and them. And it's there <laughs> until you die. And unfortunately, mm. because they won't go back, they've basically lost their, yeah. everything they've got. You know, culture, so they end up in the city with nothing else to do. Drinking, and that's when they see yeah. the drunken blacklist. Mm. See, they don't know. Well, he can't go back to community because he's going to get speared. You don't want to, you want to be speared in your leg. There's many different <laughs> reasons why they're here. You know what I mean? Some are here out of just that's just their choice. Yeah. Some are here because they're shamed out of their community. Yep. Um, some are here because they're because they're boy. There's so many different reasons. You know. I'm familiar with communities and that because of that conflict between Western law and traditional law, you know, sometimes Aboriginal people are breaking the Western law, but it conflicts with the traditional law, which is considered to be okay. Yeah. Um, so there's always that fine line between whether you, you're in the city or out in community, you know, like, basically we follow both laws. That's what we do. Mm. You know, we, we respect both laws and, and we just well, do wherever we, we are, that's what we do. You know? We live in two worlds, basically. Yeah. Going off white man world and then our traditional Laranquia world. Yeah, well, because yeah. when it comes to traditional stuff, like, it's not done in sight. Mm. You know what I mean? It's done back on our homelands or wherever we choose to do it, you know? Yeah, it's not like a courthouse and you have a jury and a judge and... It's a whole community thing. Yeah. yeah. And they all, you know, they all decide what the punishment is. Well, I want to say is that, you know, the, the, the general public, the Australian general public, mm -hmm. have to really get to know Aboriginal culture. Mm -hmm. uh, because we are really, really creative, eh? And we have solutions that um, go beyond just this country. Mind you, this applies for us too. It's important that our people learn about Western culture as well. Um, because without it, like, you know, this is the way the world is. So in order to be successful and live healthy and happy, um, it's wise to have knowledge of both sides if you, if you come from that realm. Yeah, you, you, have, you have to integrate. Yes. Otherwise, you just... But what, 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 what I, I get what these guys are saying is that even in culture, we have to balance it up. Woman, man, business is equal. Mm -hmm. You know, so everything is balanced. There's not one... You know, higher than the other, or power power relationship is is always like we're all educated. We've all completed school. We've all done just like everyone else, but we've also completed and done the traditional stuff as well. Yeah, traditional know? education. Yeah, like we've yeah, learned graduation some, and all that. We've learned storylines and you know old things like that. So you know, it's I think that's what allows us to be who we are today is because we've had the opportunity to understand both sides you know and i think us being a multicultural family you know the origins it, it's allowed us to do that with ease you know yeah yeah cool all right well um 
I might leave it there. But uh, thanks for taking the time to uh, sit you. down and no chat. It's been really, really insightful and really it's interesting. It's been a pleasure. No worries. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. To find out more about today's guest, go to benchtalkpodcast.com. There you'll find all previous episodes and images of the guest's artwork. Also follow us on Instagram, bench underscore talk. There you can keep up to date with all things that are happening with the podcast. Bench Talk's also streaming on SoundCloud and Facebook. Just simply search for Bench Talk Podcast. Or you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. While you're there, don't forget to rate and review. It helps get the word out. And if you like the podcast, don't forget to tell a friend. Thanks again for tuning in and stay tuned for next week's episode. Bye.